Welcome to The Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and admiring the guyliner, all with love for the show and its creators. I'm Lina. And I'm Vero. And today we're covering Lucifer, Season 2, Episode 11, Stewardess Interruptus. I'm so glad that I don't have to pronounce that name because it's stupid and I hate it. And it's the same in German, which really surprised me. Really? I did not expect them, but since the name where it comes from, which is Coitus Interruptus, just in case you didn't know. What? Yes. The term is also the same in German and stewardess is also what we call the stewardess, even though there is a German word for that. So apparently they decided we can just keep the same title in German. The summaries for this episode were even worse than usual because they don't match at all with IMDb and Amazon. But as usual, I wrote my own and spoiler, I did not like this episode. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be reflected in the following summary. <laughs> Chloe's insecurities regarding physical intimacy lead to tension between her and Lucy, which makes investigating the murder of two former bed partners quite awkward. Mom and Ames drive the metaplot about two seconds further. Mace is awesome. And in the end, we not only get a kiss, but also some more mystery person with a hat. Obsession of the week is I had two different options. They're pretty much kind of the same effect, but I think I prefer approval-seeking as my obsession of the week, but I did write down self-worth as well. I had a hard time with this. Is it because you hated the episode? Yes. (laughs) Okay. And so most of my original write-downs were very petty and not very accurate. I'm so surprised. But I think that the obsession of the week is meaningful connections both with yourself and others. Hmm. Because I fully agree with you when it comes to self-worth, but this connection theme that is so constantly a thing for the whole Lucifer and his several bed partners and the difference between him and Chloe and yada yada. I feel like this is also very much a part of it. And of course, self-worth plays into this, Mm. which I'm gonna get into later. But so for me, it's not only the self-worth, it's also the worth of your relation to others. And so that's why I widened it a bit. Yeah, that's why I did approval seeking as well, because I feel like definitely Maze is obvious for this bit, because that has been served to us on a silver plate numerous of times during the episode that she is seeking approval of other people and whatever. But I think that the same thing has been happening to Lucifer this episode and the same thing has been kind of happening to Chloe as well. So I I think that we're talking about the same thing, we're just using a little different words. One of the reasons for that might be that English is not our native language. Just Uh. in case our dear listeners forgot that fact that Vero is in fact Czech and I'm in fact German. So we have our title set by Lucifer again, which puts us 10 out of 11. So going strong, Lucy. Let's see how well his final score is at the end of the season. But we're doing much, much better than in season one. But pretty much everyone got to say the episode title at some point or another. Inclusion, Lena. We always want to include all the characters. Yeah, which is why (laughs) Amy Garcia, who plays Ella, is credited in this episode, but doesn't show up. I was wondering if there was a cut scene with her. You're shaking your head. Well, then they just fucked it up. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think that she's just officially on the cast now, so... But then usually on 
IMDb, they say in brackets behind her name, credits only. That's what they always do when Trixie oh, yeah. isn't showing up. And that Mark isn't there. And Ella isn't in the episode, even though she's credited. Also, we have a repeat writer. And this is where all my troubles start. Because a repeat writer is Sherry Elwood. She wrote three episodes so far. She wrote Sweet Kicks. Do you hate which it? Which is one of my hate episodes. She wrote Saint Lucifer. Which you hated as well. But not as much as Sweet Kicks. <laughs> but she also wrote Lady Parts. With the bonding moment with all the girls hanging out. Which was a really good episode. Hmm. So, And now she also wrote this episode. And she's gonna write more in the future. And yeah. Well so far she is not doing that well on your mental score. As of now she's one out of four only. That's the which most is bad. amount of episode excluding Ildi I think that anybody written so far is it? Yeah I don't even think that Ildi has already four credits. I think Ildi has three. Possible. I thought that the last episode was her thir- fourth but. Because Ildi also does a lot of co-writing with the episodes where she and someone else is writing mm-hmm. but Sherry did all those episodes herself. Oh okay. <laughs> so it's only her to blame. Alright. It's always a room full of writers but yeah. There's one yep. name on this writing so I'm yep. blaming exactly one person. Yep. Get us started, Vero. Okay, let's do previously on Lucifer. Beautiful. Or like Homelander would say, perfection. No, you made me barf in my mouth a little bit. Isn't he awesome? So gross. I love him, <laughs> but oh, gross. Dan slept with mom. Him and Mace gave Perry to the Russian mafia. Mom tried to convince Chloe to betray Lucy, but failed. Chloe has been put on earth by God and Lucy and Chloe finally have their date. And also, mom plans to use Chloe to get them back, right? Wasn't that also in the previously on? Well, yeah. She's how we're gonna get back, blah, something. Oh, yeah, I just kind of figured that she being there by God and... It might be that they didn't have the exact line, but... I think they did. I just didn't... I felt like the previous two sentences already said that, so that's why I didn't include it. So, it happens exactly like I predicted. Some stupid thing comes between them. Mm -hmm. And they do not kiss. Not yet. All right. At the end of this scene, we get a song, but... Very important. Mm-hmm. We end last episode and we end the previously on with the final scene of last episode and we see how close their faces are. In the beginning of scene one, their faces are much further apart from each other, giving them time to do their stupid catch-up talk. You're gonna be complaining about a lot of things, are you? Yes, but there's a few things I'm gonna praise as well. Okay. And then because they are further away than they were at the end of last episode and they have time to do the stupid catch-up talk the ding of the elevator just like I predicted interrupts exactly at the right moment and then Chloe storms off calling the moment a mistake and this is where this episode already has me in a snit mm-hmm. because A I called it and B bitch please I get that it's a very shit situation there's suddenly some woman there starting to undress but she knows Lucifer long enough so that she should believe him when he says he did not expect anyone. So I was very, very angry with Chloe. And also, poor Jana. This is not the first time that she came over to Lucifer. And usually it went much better. So poor girl. There's a lot of complaints in one short scene. This is just the beginning. I have a few notes on this scene. I really liked the way it was set up and the way this was going before the failed kiss or whatever. It is a beautiful first date. It's something that we've been building 
been up to for a while and I just really liked the atmosphere they created and the way they set it up. Full agreement there. The reason why Chloe is leaving has pretty much nothing to do with Jana showing up. I think that she has been given a half a second to get out of the moment and therefore to run away because surprisingly and this is like something that actually surprised me. Apparently Chloe is less ready for a commitment than Lucifer. That is my kind of thing that I drew from this scene. I read it extremely differently. I agree in parts. Mm-hmm. She had time and so she had time to get into her head. On the logical level, she sees no common ground as she later on lies out. Oh, yeah. But like this is not a moment where she would think logically, I don't think. Not even Chloe. No, this this, this is how she reasons for why and how and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that she's scared of commitment, which actually is an interesting view on this. I think that she simply assumes that Lucifer is incapable of commitment. I think that she is scared of commitment with Lucifer. We're gonna see how this episode goes and if either of us can convince the other person. Yeah. At the end of the scene, we had a song started playing and the song's name is As Long As You Are Mine by Yes Man. And that is a song that is exclusive to YouTube. Yay! Also, that song title is so on your nose again because she just fucking left. So, yeah. Yep. One more little tidbit about the scene. Isn't it hilarious that Lucifer is just come out of a moment where he almost kissed Chloe and he still calls her detective? Didn't even notice that. You're right. I find it hilarious. He calls her detective at the end as well. So it's just, it's a very Lucifer thing. Coming up is one of the few scenes that I thoroughly enjoyed. Okay. It's a long scene, isn't it? No. Why do I have so many notes then? Because the scene is really, really great. Okay, fair enough. Because A, it has Trixie in it and Trixie has the perfect definition what a date is. Flowers, candles, songs about naked stuff. Which, I'm sorry, accurate description is accurate. Finally, we get some Trixie moment, which is amazing. And also that Mace snuck her some sugary cereal. It's just those tiny tidbits in the background that you know that the two of them are hanging together and that Mace really starts to like her and like they have this relationship with each other so I found that extremely nicely done do you think that the cereal was open before Chloe actually opened it for her or did she love the cereal just because it was from Mace no I think it was open because Mace already opened it but okay I'm pretty sure Mace bought it for Trixie for sure and also Mace coming up and slapping down the newspaper and being extremely happy for Chloe and having simply no morality concept to understand why Chloe reacts to this the way she does is very, very Mace. She gets so angry with this because this is part of the theme of this entire episode. She feels so invalidated. Mm -hmm. She had part in this and Chloe not only is not happy about it, she talks shit about whoever did this. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, implies that this means Dan and Mace. I feel for Mace, but I found it's really believable that she has simply no understanding for why Chloe works the way she does. 
Have you thought about why it is not a good enough punishment for Chloe for yes. him to get murdered? Do you agree or do you disagree? I wonder. <laughs> Because I feel like you're the type of a person who's going to disagree. No. Okay. You surprised me. In real life, I am fully with Chloe inside the setting of the show. I am not with Chloe because inside the setting of a show, we have an actual hell. And we know that Perry is going to get tortured and punished for all eternity in hell. So him being dead on the mortal plane does not take away from his punishment. In real life, if you're dead, you're dead. So the suffering, which is what Chloe is looking for, is ended much too quickly when you're simply snuffed out of existence. So the punishment that is supposed to take as long as possible, AI the rest of his life, I'm with Chloe in real world settings. But since Mace knows that the dude is suffering right now, I am with Mace. So yeah, I hope that answers all your questions. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I was really wondering uh, about your opinion more mainly. No, the thing is in real life, death penalty, either by state or by human hand, is never an option because in real life you never have 100% certainties and you cannot unalive someone. Yeah. In fictional settings, we do know all the relevant information and yada, yada, yada. And so it's easier to judge people. Yeah. So as we close off this scene with Maze hate eating her cereals with vodka. Hate eating is the right word. Yes. We get a song and that song's called You Don't Have to Take My Call by The Years. Oh, poor Maze. I really do feel for her. I do, yeah. But I also feel like this episode, the songs playing are relating more to the stuff that happened before and not the stuff that is happening in the scene. Yeah, this kind of Which starts playing weird. when she starts eating the cereal. So Yeah, but th this is weird. Usually it's... Yeah, we get a little bit closer to our normal song setting from now on. But these two songs were kind of more connected to the end of the scene when they started playing. And then mm. they gave us the transition, but they don't play with the beginning of the new scene anymore. So yeah, it's kind of a different thing. I suppose maybe a new director or something like that. Maybe. Not new. Coming up next... Next, we're having scene three. Mom is coming over to Lucifer. From the setup of the writing, we are being set up to believe that mom might actually be truthful with Lucifer. But of course, she won't because was... it's mom and she's playing a fucking game. I have a lot of caps in this. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, some caps here as well. We get the title drop. Mm -hmm. Very soon this time, yeah. I think one of the earliest times we get it. Mm -hmm. Except the one time this season where not Lucy did it because then we have the beginning of the scene and then Papa Decker says true. it. And of course now we have mom pushing for Lucy to be with Chloe and he looks so happy about it and it makes me so sad for Lucy and so angry with mom because oh, she's playing a fucking game and she's such a bad being. She's a horrible being. This is actually something that I hate the most about mom and it's the way that she manipulates her sons. With Ames I kind of get it because Ames is a tool and we will talk about it again because there is bits and pieces about regarding this again God, yes. later on. However when she does this to Lucifer it just breaks my heart so much because you can clearly see that Lucifer loves his mom. And how much it means to him. It's not like he actively seeks approval from her but when he gets it it just he just goes blind so and it much. means exactly it means so much to him so 
it just breaks my heart because I don't want Lucifer to hurt. And yeah, she's supposed to be his mother. She's not supposed to manipulate him. That's such a bad parenting. I mean, I'm not yeah. a parent myself, but like if my parents would try to manipulate me like that once. Hell to the and no. If I were to find out they did something mm. like that to me, they'd be dead to me. Like I, that's the yep. worst thing that you can ever do to me. And it just ruins me because he every single time he falls for it. Every single time he falls for it. Every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. Anything else for this painful scene? Nope. Well, then let's go into my first complainathon. <laughs> did you, did you name it complainathon? Love that. No, I called scene four Let the Slut Shaming Begin, which is the first instance that Chloe slut shames Lucifer because she literally says, I'm not the slut police and I don't mean her, I mean you. I think a lot of the things that Chloe says in this episode are very defensive lashing yes. outs. Yes. And that doesn't Not make it okay. Exactly. Definitely. But I don't know. I just feel like I know that, that this is your trigger. And exactly. I always try to see other sides of these things. The thing is, I am fully aware that this is personal because I am an extremely promiscuous person. Mm. So I am well acquainted with slut shaming. Because if you are a woman and you enjoy having sex and you are not in a relationship for the normal society, there's only one option. It must mean you're a fucking slut. So I take it extremely personal whenever slut shaming comes up. And when I'm watching shows and I care about the characters, I care even more because just like the scene before, I do not want my characters to be insulted or shamed or hurt or whatever. So Chloe, who we are supposed to like, slut-shaming Lucifer is not okay. And I totally understand that she has intimacy issues. She, in general, is what one would call prudish. So she's very American in that way, with not comfortable talking about sexuality in general or being open with sexual or... uh, Uh, intimate displays and yada 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 but just because you're not comfortable with something doesn't give you any right to shame someone else for being confident and comfortable with themselves and their body and their sexuality so this is gonna happen throughout this episode because I love our listeners I'm not gonna go into it every single time there is one more moment where I have to go into it Mm -hmm. but other than that let it just be said there is frequent slut shaming and frequent sex shaming throughout this episode and I am not okay with it. And since the other episodes did not have this, I am very, very angry at it being allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. And so this concludes my case. (laughs) I think a lot of these things in this episode are coming from, let's say, Chloe's point of view. It's a lot of things that she is struggling to accept herself. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that's an excuse or anything like that. I'm just saying that I'm hoping that this is just something that she needed to go through in order to grow out of it to grow out of it but also in order to accept that she is not just sex to lucifer and again i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that absolutely Mm. listen haven't we all had a situation when it was genuinely just about sex it can be fine it can be fun it can be everything everything you need it to be i'm gonna get into that at the second moment where oh, I okay. won't be able to keep my mouth shut. Anywho, Jana has a great timing as always. So Jana always with the tragic timing. As much as I complain about this episode, some parts of the writing is so much the level of lady parts because we have amazing.
amazing transitions from scene to scene where the closing sentence of the scene gives you the cue for the opening sentence of the next scene even though both talks have no relation to each other and some of the quips and quotes in this are amazing so not 100% of the writing is bad I'm not saying that just this one big black blemish but some of it is amazing yeah the timing quip is very good but also the moment we again see that Lucifer is not what he is painted out to be by other people and authorities and by Chloe at this episode in all honesty because his first reaction to seeing Janna's body is what have I done if I would have slept with her or hence if she would have stayed the night with me she may have been still alive which we don't know if that's necessarily true but it's really nice to see that this is his first go-to and the fact that he is so wary of a situation and like I could have saved her I could have done better by her you know like that type of a thinking I like that you make an amazing point why this episode makes me so angry Lucifer (laughs) that was not my intention no 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 you actually put it in much better words than I will have later on so I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna steal that Lucifer throughout this show proves once and once and again that he is not what people judge him to be, expect him to be, decide him to be. And Chloe, especially through the beginnings of season one, goes through a lot of development and character development to learn and know Lucifer and not judge him by the charming, lively person, sexual person, party person, yada yada yada. And this episode, she is back to judge him by the most superficial assumptions about him possible. And I'm always angry when characters regress to former positions. Thank you for pointing this out to me. You're welcome. Also, I think that something like that is based on fear. Her fear of being intimate and her fear Mm -hmm. being intimate with Lucifer has forced her back into this defensive backwards thinking and especially after the speech that she did at the court last episode. Mm. This is quite surprising because you can see her true intention coming out last episode and now the fear fighting that and it's just two elements in her battling itself. So it's really like on that level it's actually quite interesting watching this episode. I just wish they had showcased her insecurity on another level except slut and sex shaming. (laughs) That is fair enough. At 6.42 we get our title card Mm -hmm. and we stay as usual with our crime scene and someone being jealous of Lucifer is what is gonna get us through this episode. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that bit, except for the fact that I was actually surprised that Lucifer did not put two and two together with the loser at Lux. That was just like, I mean, it's typical Lucifer stuff, but at the same time, like, come on. It's not like she was meeting two different guys at your club. This goes perfectly into what you just pointed out. Both Chloe and Lucifer and even Dan later on are regressed into emotional and development positions that they've already mastered in the past and this is what makes me dislike this episode so much we're coming to another wonderful entertaining scene because Maze is at the precinct and she has all the chills while Dan has none yep I understand I mean come on let's let's be honest I was just gonna say (laughs) 
in fairness, I was kind of torn between Mace just really wanting him to appreciate what they done and celebrate with her and and thank her. Oh yeah, thank her. And between that and Mace taking the piss out of him because she knows that she should not be talking so loud about this situation in yeah. the precinct. So I think there was like a bit of a combination of both and it just gave me life so good but also the end of the scene made me very very sad because nobody wants to hang with Maze yeah how dare they I would hang with Maze in a heartbeat I mean the next time we see Maze she hangs with Linda so she goes to the one person that actually appreciates her Uh, to be fair she didn't (laughs) we'll get to it we'll get to it yeah alright so we can start out the next scene with a song which is called Secret Stash by my Muggle and this Secret is stash. Okay. where we're going into the party house and Lucifer is wearing linen. They go to Andy Kleinberg. Andy Kleinberg basically is the asshole version of Lucifer in Chloe's eyes. I called it gross version of Lucifer but yeah essentially the same thing. This is one of the classic Lucifer elements that I really appreciate. Lucifer seeing something, projecting on it and learning from it. This is what I like about this show mm-hmm. because we we as people tend to project our own issues on other things and seeing it overdone in a show helps us to realize our own systems and then potentially learn our own lessons from our own projections. So I'm totally there for it and I don't understand why this entire episode can't be like the good parts. <laughs> yeah, agree. As they talk to Andy, Chloe gets a phone call, right? She gets a, a pling. She gets a pling and that moves us over to another crime scene. This is a moment where I was slightly upset with Chloe again. Thank you, so it's not just me. No, 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 no. Her assumption, this brings us back to the debate that we had a few episodes ago. I'm not sure if it made it into the episode, but her assumption that because Raj is a guy, he is not Lucifer's lover. It's just like, I mean, you've been to Lux, you've seen him, you know that he sleeps with people regardless their gender. I appreciate that we get a female and a male steward. Yeah. So, yay. Fuck gender. Gender is a social construct. Well, that as well, but also equal opportunity killing. I'm there for it. Equal job opportunities as well. It doesn't have to be a woman's job to be a steward on a plane. But like you said, Chloe just assumes Lucifer is straight. Lucifer kind of calls her out on it. Like, it's I the like that. Yeah. century. And I was very, very thankful for that. I have this, I think is part of my final thoughts but Lucifer in this episode is one of the best things of this episode in general he is giving us a lot of great jokes he is giving us a lot of inclusivity I just really really liked him I love him in, on on a normal day Until but like this his last scene but we're getting there you don't even know what I'm talking about I can nope, see it in your face I am not what we also see in this scene once again Lucifer still does not understand how Chloe thinks because he assumes that hearing his exes sing his praises is gonna have a positive effect on his relation to Chloe when on the opposite the sheer number is gonna make it harder for him to connect to her because she is gonna judge him more on the number. Although I think that it actually does play in his favor. At the very end because she starts to put her own shit into the questionnaire. Yes. But we're gonna talk about this. He actually is excited about bringing everybody back so we get one of the great songs of this episode by James Brown called Hot Pants part one part one yeah one of the few songs I actually noticed (laughs) 
hot pants. So we got to a great and horrible scene. Yep, I agree. First note that I have is that the girl with the red top and the tattoos, oh, I God. adore her style so much. She yeah, is so that's gorgeous. Uh, rockabilly style? I, I like don't the... know the name for it, but oh. I, it's so beautiful. She is, wow. However, I mean, every, everyone is beautiful. Obviously. But also done in this scene, there is a lot. Because first we get his face when he kind of peeks out into the hall and him seeing the number of people waiting there. And then he gets to the interrogation watch room or whatever you call that. What actually disappointed me quite a lot and slightly upset me towards Dan was the fact that he pretty much says that he has still feelings for Chloe. And I thought that we got over that. And it was mentioned that he got over it. It just doesn't make any sense. Which just confirms what you said. Everyone in this episode regressed so much into the past where we've already moved on. Yeah, and this is not okay. This should not be about him having feelings for Chloe. This should be about I shared a significant part of my life with Chloe and I care about her happiness. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's feelings. This should be about him and Charlotte. He should be struggling with that because he was intimate with her and she betrayed his trust. And that's another thing. This is what should be his emotional turmoil. Not, oh, I still have feelings for my ex even though I've got over this ages ago. Yeah, it was very out of place. It just felt wrong. Yes. I kind of liked the fact that Chloe at certain stage just started turning it into, but you know, he never brought you dinner or like burgers or anything, where suddenly she actually uses this for her personal gain, which in fairness makes her slightly more gray if we look at it that way. I know that you probably will disagree with me in a sense, but she should not be doing that in theory. This is not what morally she should not be putting yes. her own personal questions into, into this situation. And I Another thing that kind of pissed me off is that she invited Charlotte, even though Lucifer specifically repeatedly said yes. So that's just... I'm... Yeah. It's just her insistence on that is... And her refusal to believe Lucifer. Who has never lied to her. And this is his whole thing. She confirms that he's not a liar in this episode. And in previous. Yes, especially in the previous one. No, I have many, many issues with this scene because one of the lines Chloe says to the string of lovers is basically he used you for sex and moved on. Shame on you, Chloe. There was no using involved in any of those situations. And they all uh, disagree with her. Consensual adult sex is not about using one another. It's about mutual satisfaction and enjoyment. Mm -hmm. This is one of the other moments where like, basically everything inside of me stood up with shame on you, Chloe. It is perfectly fine that you are not in for casual sex, but fuck you for making those judgments about other people. This is not your place. You are a police officer. Your job is to find whoever killed those two stewards, but it's not your job to judge those people on their sexual lives. And later on, 
the writing is what makes me extremely angry because all the lovers repeat the phrase meaningless sex. And I'm so over this shit. What shit writing has the need to claim that casual sex is the same as meaningless sex? This is not the same. You can have a meaningful one-night stand and I'm sorry, this was about what they desired. Lucifer made them, due to his powers, to open up about their deepest desires. So for them especially, this must have been an eye-opening experience to have a lover pay attention to their deepest, most hidden desire. So even if you only share one night with someone who pays that much attention to you, you take away so much important personal growth from this, that this is anything but meaningless sex. And I'm so, so angry about this narrative. Of course, you can have meaningless sex and meaningless sex can be amazing. Don't get me wrong. Not every sexual act is, oh my God, my mind got blown and I had an epiphany. But having sex with Lucifer, who is able and willing to explore things with you that nobody else ever took the time or interest? Or you would never be able to tell anybody about because you are afraid how it's going to be perceived. There's no basis that anyone who experiences this would ever call it meaningless. And I'm so angry at the writing because, sorry, this is shit writing. Yeah. And this is my main issue of this episode. I can abide with the relationship stuff. I can even somehow argue the sex shaming from Chloe's point of view and everything. I can even get over the regressing of the characters because, well, we have to fill a certain amount of episodes. But this, this is my breaking point. And since this is before even half of the episode is over, this is the reason why this is one of the worst episodes of the entire show. Well, I have really nothing (laughs) to argue with anything what you just said. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna give us a little bit of a positive boost to finish this scene with because we can come back to the moment where Charlotte shows up and after I got over the initial being upset of about why, what the fuck is she even doing there? There is the whole Charlotte pushing again to get Chloe and Lucifer together and I know that she's doing it for her own gain and I kind of hate her for it but at the same time she is really saying good and true things. Then we do have that conversation in a couple of scenes later when she talks to Amanadil about this. She is actually using the truth to manipulate them together. So, I mean, fair played mother, but it makes it worse. And then the fact that Daniel obviously gets all over the place emotionally and Lucifer calling him stepdan is such a fucking perfection. We move over to lunch break therapy in quotation marks because as Linda points out explicitly someone is using the lunch break for some free therapy. Not cool. And I love that Mace is completely oblivious to what Linda is saying. Linda has the patience of a saint. Also Linda is the best as usual saying all the right things, putting the right falls into Maze's brain. Oh my fucking god. It was hilarious how offended Maze was at being called a person or a human. That was a very well done. I mean, all the best things about this episode are Maze related anyway, so... Mm. 
for me. For you. That also includes the Trixie scene, so... Yeah, yeah, that's true. This scene. I really liked it. It gives us the comical relief and its maze and the whole situation is fun and whatever. Like, all of these things, yes. However, and this kind of dawned on me when we were talking about this a little bit earlier, Mace is very season one Mace in this episode. Yep, like they all are. She's very like a pissy demon that does whatever the fuck she wants. No understanding for humanity or human thoughts. If you compare her behavior in this scene or in this episode in general with her behavior that I was arguing was noticeably too quick of a development or for her in two days time at the first episode of Mm -hmm. this season, it's a completely different personality. It's so different. We don't have a single moment where Mace is being herself the way we got used to seeing her in the past 10 episodes and it's so weird like it's obviously it's fun to watch because obviously Leslie Ann is doing a great job playing this yeah but it just feels off moving on to the shortest scene of the episode which is not even 20 seconds long we cut back to the precinct and get a lead and then we move oh, on oh I didn't even make any notes on that <laughs> yeah it's not even 20 seconds long yeah that crazy girl in the corner oh yeah death oh, yeah. stare yeah. yes my next note is hmm stalker ew ew and then it's the, then there was pretty much just me saying ew why ew Suki no ew I have other issues with that but literally the, the cut back to the precinct is 19 seconds wow <laughs> yeah so we get finally a proper serial killer wall yeah which is amazing I love she them she ends up not being a serial killer I was so disappointed yeah, no, she's a fangirl stalker, which I also have issues with. But before I go and have issues, Lucifer is so happy. It's so sweet. And but Chloe, of course, has no cares. understanding, but he's so happy about it. And I really appreciate how he appreciates that. I love how Suki comes out of the toilet. Ah! Lucifer goes back. You hear water running because now she washes her hands. She didn't before. She comes out and then she sprays uh, the whatever. The hairspray so on her head. Oh, it's so No, funny. that was there was something so you can't smell whatever she was oh, doing. Oh, I thought that she was spraying it on her hair. No, she was spraying it behind her. <gasps> okay. That makes so much more sense. Lucifer is so put off by that. Like, this is the moment where he's like, eh, no. <laughs> because before that, he's like, ah, serial killer wall and puppets and everything amazing. And then she's like, gross about certain <laughs> things. And then he's like, no. We move on to scene 12, which I called meta plot plotting. Eee. We get a song, actually. Finally, really? another song by Erin McCarley, which is titled Good, but it's technically G-O-O-D, so it's spelled by letter. So, yeah. Wow. I very much dislike mom again in this scene because the way she brings down Ames at the beginning <sighs> is gross. And this is a very much textbook abuse. We move on to the only scene that I didn't title because I couldn't think of a name. I don't even have notes for this scene. Okay, I only have one note on this. That is that I was actually surprised that this is not about Lucifer. I completely forgot that this whole episode is not revolving around him in the end of the day. So that was the only thing that I had here. However, we now get to the airport and we have this beautiful, beautiful scene where it's one, it's very 
very pretty to look at. Two, it's absolutely hilarious. Three, it has a really good song playing as they are really? racing the car, uh, well, as they are racing the plane. You can barely hear it, but it's great. And it's there. The name of the song is The Love That You Give by Wolf Mother. But uh, here comes my mandatory I fucking love that car. It's so good. The car is amazing, but oh my god, Chloe is so not chill. <laughs> And I mean, sorry, what did she expect would happen? <gasps> also, Lucifer, amazing driving skills. Super well done. I'm very 100%. impressed. Well done. Nice. And I love it when the pilot comes out. Oh, thank God, you're police. I thought you're here to kill me. Like, what? And my note on this and the plot thickens. <laughs> and then Lucifer uses his mojo and he goes, oh, what do you truly desire? And the pilot goes, I want to have a cat sanctuary. That's and I'm so just like, sweet. And Lucifer is so dismissive of that. So Lucifer, no like cats, apparently. And I feel like we already knew that. You uh, made it into your notes because he right? comments on the cat being in the yeah. apartment into which Chloe and Mace eventually move in, I think. Yeah, It's that, so... that episode that nobody remembers the actual plot. So yeah, cat sanctuary, not something that Lucifer is gonna appreciate. I don't think that he shits on it too much. I just feel like... Like, he is just genuinely surprised because he expected drugs, alcohol, women, men, everybody. But he gets cat sanctuary. Which is, honestly, I just want to meet and snuggle Twinkle. Yeah. I mean, Twinkle apparently saved his life. Yeah, give us Twinkle, you cowards. And also in this scene, we get the Andy Kleinberg name drop. So I was convinced that Andy was going to be our man. And of course, I'm going to be proven wrong. Yeah. My note literally says, so obviously he's our man. I think I completely missed the mention of Andy. The pilot counts down the people and Andy is one of the people. Mm. I did not miss mention of Twinkle. So I feel like I win in this scene. So. <laughs> oh, I also did not miss <laughs> Twinkle. So I got two and you got one. I think we both get one strong point for not missing Twinkle. They make a conclusion at the end of the scene that they have now the opportunity to put in an undercover agent. And in the next scene, do you have something for this one? This is for this moment where okay. you had the transition so they about to speak to Maze. However, my expectation right now, the way they set it up was oh, we have no way of knowing where the package is and my brain went yeah, but if she had it and went to Lucifer's, shouldn't they just follow Lucifer and make sure that Lucifer's okay? Because, you know, she would hide it in the penthouse, right? You're too smart and the episode does not expect us to realize this, ah. which is why later on Lucy gets caught unaware. Oh, okay. But you are absolutely right, of course. It just felt like overly complicated uh, result. Like the entire and episode. As much as I love that they got Mace involved in the main case. Yeah. Because Mace is the perfect choice and it's just later when we see her it's, it's brilliant but also she has two quotes in this scene that are amazing and for one I have even the shirt and one quote is I'm awesome I take risks for my friends and I don't need thanks and the other is self-worth comes from within bitches and the second one I have on a shirt because damn straight Mace I know you're channeling Linda because she told you that but yes Coming up is now scene 16, which uh, Ames is basically doing mom spitting. He's showing up. Why exactly is he showing 
up because I wrote down is Ames reason to show up to help Lucy get over his quotation marks meaningless sex snit quotation mark ends and realize for Chloe he is quotation marks boyfriend material I think that Ames is showing up is connected to his conversation with mother in the previous scene I think that he wants to make sure that Lucifer is not doing something that he doesn't want to do because as he said before he knows Lucifer better than he knows himself this is kind of my reasoning for him showing up in the penthouse. I think that for once in our lives, Ames actually feels very honest and straightforward. Yeah, but only because mom said that the only way to manipulate Lucifer is by using the truth. This is the only reason Ames is truthful. I don't think so. It feels like... She literally said that to him. I know she said that to him. This situation, to me, it feels more like I'm your brother and I'm here for you. Really? You read it as genuine? Yes, I did. You believe in way too much good in people. Clearly, I'm like the Lucifer of our podcast. I don't, no, don't give me that look. I haven't changed my face in the last several seconds. So Yeah, that's it. I did write down Ames's quote because I think that it's genuine. And I think that it's very correct as well. Give me the quote. While it's correct, it's great. I don't think it's genuine, but it's amazing. So give It's me. amazing. He says, I have underestimated you for all of my existence, both in your ability to frustrate me and your capacity for good. Then he goes on claiming that Lucifer will not admit that to himself and whatever. But this, essentially this sentence, it feels genuine. It feels true. I really like it. It is true, but it is placed with strategic reason. I don't think he's smart enough to say something like that strategically. He is because mom is pulling his strings. Do you think that mom told him to say this? No, but I'm pretty sure she put the thoughts that led to saying this into his brain. I'm not saying he's not manipulated into that situation, but I think that he genuinely thinks that he's doing a good thing. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. But still, the intention is to manipulate Lucifer. So the yeah. genuinity? Genuineness? Genuinity. You know. Genuosity. You know what I mean. But still, <laughs> the, the moment isn't as genuine as you apparently read it. Yeah. But that is all I have on this scene. I don't know about you. Well, at the end of this scene Ames also says ask yourself this is connected to our looking for approval and to our self-worth debate where the only person in the end of the day who's able to give you answers about yourself is yourself and it just comes down to if you're asking the right questions and if you know how to answer them within and if you're willing to look within and exactly accept what you see so surprise surprise I actually kind of like Eminent in this episode because of this moment because of this scene because whether this is genuine or not uh, this entire conversation is very true and I think that is something that Lucifer has never heard from his brother or from or anyone from anyone not just in his family but from anybody in general and I think that it's really important for Lucifer to hear that so I actually really do appreciate Ames and this mm-hmm. but to move on we actually have next up. Next the sting. Up. The sting operation. Yes. Indeed. 
I put everything together in yes. one scene until the sting is over over. So until the devil face. Start us off with your song. We do get this kind of a jazzy piano thing playing behind it. This is a very fitting song that is playing underneath this scene in the bar and I actually really really liked it so I might actually add it to my own personal playlist. So this scene mm-hmm. has several really interesting and good things. Mm-hmm. I mean Maze in herself is simply amazing both at the bar with Dan also later with Bert who isn't Bert so everything about Mace in this scene for me was great mm-hmm. and also I did not see Tommy Bahamas as Lucifer calls him coming as the guy who oh yeah tries to to hold up Lucifer there was that the guy that was Stopped trying to flirt Chloe. with Chloe yeah oh okay that's yeah, why I, Tommy I thought so, but I didn't actually write his name down or anything. I didn't really pay him much attention back in the moment, so... I don't know what his actual name is. Tommy Bahamas is what Lucifer calls him, and so this shall oh, okay. be his name from henceforth. And with those two things, the good of this scene ends. Because <laughs> we have the revelation for Chloe that Charlotte and Dan slept together. Mm-hmm. And non-surprising, she does not take it well. Here, I'm even more angry because... Who Dan has sex with is literally none of her fucking business. They are separated. They are getting a divorce, so if yeah. they didn't you already. Honestly, I am really glad that Mace broke the news and now Chloe knows. Because I didn't like the fact that he was trying to hide this and I didn't like the fact that Chloe didn't know. And I yeah. think that it's better for everybody for this to be out. But her reaction shows why Dan didn't want her to know. Well, because yeah. her reaction sucks. And I'm very, very angry. And I'm so over her anti-sex stance at this moment. I think my biggest issue with that situation was that first thing she said was who hasn't slept with her. And when Lucifer yeah, more tried to say, hey, I didn't, she does yeah. not believe him all over again. And it's just... It's more slut-shaming for Charlotte because apparently everyone has slept with that woman. It is once more her not believing Lucifer it is her taking an issue with that her ex-husband has sex which like I said is none of her business so Chloe fucking needs to get a grip on her anti-sex stance Mm -hmm. and get over it I think at this moment we moved on from fear that she has professed before to jealousy so she is masking her jealousy but trying to be righteous if we're gonna use that word which that's, that's very accurately put not good and not okay obviously <sighs> as you so well put earlier another thing in the scene I'm not happy with mm-hmm. really Lucifer getting caught unaware by Tommy Bahamas while he's drinking from his flask do Come you on, think Lucy. that he didn't notice I thought he didn't do you think he noticed that he didn't care I think he may have been so disturbed that he just did, didn't give a fuck okay then I will let that one slide obviously Maze is absolutely amazing in this scene I love the way she handles the fake birds in mm. the hotel room when the voice she does is fucking spot on yeah. it's so good and she is so strong we have never seen her actually use we've only seen the aftermath or effects from her we have, have not seen her indirect action so we have never had a chance to notice that she is superhuman strength just taking him and putting him on the wall up there so good and obviously she enjoys it profusely but uh, 
See my moments of satisfaction. See this guy thought of my theory about Lucifer being the one with the package because Jana went to his and she was only there for five minutes or so. Exactly, Bert. Thank you, Bert. So this was a bit of a satisfaction on my account where I felt validated for not being the only person with logical thinking and completely <laughs> accurate and understandable. I do agree with pretty much everything that you just said. Except the two points that you... Yes, regarding Chloe and she, like her being actually jealous and I think that she realizes that she has been jealous and she has overreacted and that brings us later on to the scene on the beach. But we actually haven't seen Devil Face in a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. I'm actually glad that we got to see that it's, you know, we got to wave hello and make sure it's still there and stuff like that. So, you know, that was kind of a positive thing about this scene. And I think that's all the positives I can currently find. So let's go into the penultimate scene. Yes. So as we get a slight mention from Bert, this package is not about drugs. All my notes for this scene are questions. Mm -hmm. Who is that? Is that Kleinberg? What's in the case? And who is the man with the hat? I have no answers for you. Who's the dude who has the package? Is that Kleinberg? I don't think so. Is it? Might be, actually. We should know who he is, right? I I feel feel like it, yeah. And you know what the mean thing is? Because I'm watching it on Amazon Prime and usually you get the actor information. Mm -hmm. There is no information for this scene. They're not spoiling us. So we have no idea who the actor for the man in the hat is. I must say kudos. Because usually subtitles and those infos tend to spoil shit like this. Mm. Not this time. You're making me less angry with this scene. Because you're giving me a little bit of mystery. I hate this. Nice. What the actual fuck? Because since when do we have a side plot that is a whatever pandemic related or whatever that's supposed to be? How? Why would they introduce such a thing when we're trying to deal with something completely different? And are they going to just abandon the things that we were we've been following for the last 10 episodes? Why? Why? I did not like this deferral. Yeah, I'm not happy with a potential second season plot. Yeah. Because we already have the meta plot that did not get moved this episode. So Lena, not happy. So I agree with you that this is annoying, but this scene is really well done for me. Yeah, if you put it that way, I am willing to not hate it as much. I'm okay with it, but they better clear this shit up fast. I agree. And not make a big thing out of it. So if they clear this up next episode, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Because then it's basically a two-parter and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And then I'm fine. If they make a bigger thing out of it, I'm instantly on your side and I'm getting out my pitchfork. Okay, good. I'm glad that we're on the same page on this. But you agree with me that it's probably Kleinberg, right? You mean the the guy in the hat or the person that is dying? No, no, no. The person that is dying. Yeah, it would kind of make sense. Sense. The pilot does the name job with Kleinberg earlier on. It would and make we sense. we have seen him. So it's probably him. Yeah, it, like ma- it would make sense. With yeah. hair and not yeah. as relaxed as he was when they met him at the party. Mm-hmm. And now the final scene. Okay, can I start with one big issue that I have within the first sentence of this scene? Yes, please. Excuse me, did Chloe track Lucifer's GPS on her phone? How is that legal? Oh, sorry. 
not. I mean, I can get over it because whatever. No, I think because he's an official consultant for the police department. That makes it They okay. might have other rights mm. because he is in a more dangerous setting due to his position with the police department. So maybe he had to like sign a waiver or something that they mm. are allowed to track him or something. So I can wrap my mind around that one. Okay, I'll give you that one. Do you However, want me to go into my issue? Yeah, go for it. We both agree that the theme and obsession of this episode is self-worth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And now our two main characters are standing on the beach and Lucifer decides he's not worth it. He's not worth her. Mm-hmm. He's not good enough. And he keeps putting himself down and down and down. You're special and I'm not worth it. Is a direct quote. And then she kisses him. So is the message that I am as a viewer supposed to take away from this? If you put yourself down enough, then the other person is gonna come there, swoop in and take you up again? No, I don't think so. I actually kind of liked the way they do it because this is not as much, yes, Lucifer's there putting his down, but I don't think that Chloe really hears Lucifer's I'm not worth it as much as she hears Lucifer's I know you, I know how amazing you are, I know that you are, you have these habits and I know that you deserve something like this and you deserve this and that and you deserve the world. This is one of the most beautiful declarations of love that I could ever think of because this is not selfish. I love you so you have to love me or I think that you're beautiful or whatever. This is I appreciate you and you deserve the world type of a statement to me. And this is what I took from this. I know that I did not like that he is putting himself down so much. I don't like that her reaction is you're probably right. Exactly. But I think that the, this reaction is not meant as you're probably right because you know you're not good enough. I think it means more of a I think you're right that I deserve all these things and you are it. And here's where we completely disagree because if it was just uh, you deserve everything, you deserve the world, you are amazing, you are such a great person, you are everything that he counts up and down and yada yada. That part is beautiful and full of appreciation. And it shows that Lucifer really knows her. Exactly. But A, we already had part of this in the last episode. This is just more of the same stuff that he already said. But only this time he says it to her face. So it's like an escalation. But because it is led with him putting himself down and her fucking agreeing with him, I cannot appreciate the positive part as positive. Because it is bracketed in these highly problematic negative self-images. And this is where I take ginormous issue with. Pushing someone up, raising someone, lifting someone is not connected to putting yourself down. You can lift someone up without putting yourself down. And the way this final scene is made, for me, it visualizes that it only works by putting yourself down and raising the other person. And this for me is a message that is very undeniably there and it is extremely problematic and should not be in this show. I understand where you're coming from but I don't see it that way so I'm just let's just leave it the way it is. I get where you're coming from. Also the scene closes and the episode closes with the kiss that we were waiting and expecting in the beginning. That is the scene. Uh, That is the scene. 
Final thoughts. Yeah. I'm going to start, you're going to finish, and then you're going to wrap up the episode. Yes, very usual. This is one of my least favorite episodes of the entire show, as I have made extremely clear through mm-hmm. the episode. The sex shaming alone drives me up the wall. The played for love's homophobe joke with the, oh, you definitely didn't fuck that one. And the until now completely ignored bisexuality of Lucifer make me extremely angry. And on top of that, we get zero meta plot progress, which always makes me unhappy. So everything in this episode, from the episode plot to the meta plot to everything, just makes me angry, angry, angry. Okay. The only tiny positive thing about this episode is Mace and her Linda-led revelation that she is worthy and amazing and that only her internal view of herself matters. I am so glad that this episode is done with because I actually had to force myself to watch it. But I am deeply disappointed by the sex negativity that the writing has shown shown in this episode and I am not looking forward to the future episodes Sherry Elwoods has written and I'm gonna try to not let the knowledge that she has written an episode taint my approach to the episode because one out of four episodes were great but this has severely damaged my what's the word? Uh, Perception. No my my respect for Sherry Elwoods. So I'm I'm happy it's over because (sighs) Okay I think that this episode is very weird we managed to actually name it quite well throughout the episode by talking about the characters digressing into their older selves and it's just very weird there's a lot of like bits and pieces that feel really out of place and not very characteristic for our heroes let's call it that because I don't want to say character again but in the end of the day Maze's approach to self-worth is really nice even though she doesn't actually accept it because she still does require approval from Linda after that scene so it's kind of like yeah but not really it's the kind of a half arsed thing and I am super happy that Chloe finally knows about Dan and mom sleeping together because I hope that she realizes that now it's very very possible that he is the reason why what's his face Perry got out in the first place so I know it can damage their relationship but at this stage honestly I don't really even care I just want her to realize that Lucifer is not lying to her but uh, Lucifer speaking of Lucifer I think that he did a very good job even without Linda in uh, trying to figure out what's what and how to approach the situation and even though as per usual he went a lot of really weird directions in the end he has looked within and whether he's been a little harsh on himself is yet another issue but what he found is that he actually cares very deeply about Chloe and he it's just I don't know like if anybody would say something like that to me I would probably fall apart and just like die because that was just really beautiful and my biggest issue with this episode plot wise is the introduction of the fucking vials why would you even introduce that extra fucking plot to this I mean you said it pretty well if it's gonna go on for more than a couple of episodes I'm gonna be very pissy because I don't already don't like the fact that they're kind of dragging it th- through more than one episode so nah, very mixed feelings
feelings about this episode, to be honest. But I'm sorry, listeners, that you had to listen to our mixed feelings. And thank you very much for having the patience for us this time. Before you send us off, I have to say, you made another extremely good point. It's curious that Lucifer did not do a stopover with Linda, Mm. even though this episode was so emotionally relevant for him. So I find that very curious and I didn't catch it. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for sticking with us through this episode and thank you for listening. If you want to keep in touch with us, please do so via our all social media. Uh, you just type in the Apple of Truth anywhere and you will find us. Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Or you can send us an email to lucifer at taotpodcast.com because our summoning episode is coming up in a few weeks. And by few, I mean, I think eight-ish, seven, six. The time flies. So please... Please do send us feedback so we can discuss with you. If you loved the episode, please do let us know why and we will be happy to read your emails. You can find our episodes on Spotify and iTunes. If you don't only want to send us feedback via email or follow us on social media, there are, of course, other ways to get involved. One is obviously tell all your friends about this amazing podcast that you're listening to and make them listen to it as well. The other is you can join the most amazing people on this planet (laughs) which are our Patreons. At patreon.com slash T-A-O-T podcast you find our Patreon page. And if you decide to become a Patreon, you get benefits and certain levels give you extra content because as you might have noticed, we never shut up and all the bonus stuff is Patreon exclusive. So if you can't get enough of Vero and me arguing, this is where you want to go. And of course, if you are bored and you want to write us a wonderful review on iTunes or any other page, that is extremely appreciated as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.